the college football experience coaching hot seat for 2023 and great. What ifs for the season on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet win bet is now live in Arizona. Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, win bet is what you need to win. Bet a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Rasa brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. Yes, myself. Stacking the money, green, real money, Kramer. We'll all be, uh, you know, live. You can, you know, for the watch party for the final four this Saturday. Come sweat out your bets, and like I said, we're gonna be live through the whole event, play by play. You know, we're gonna do live bets. You're gonna cash prizes. We're gonna give away stuff. Check it out, YouTube.com/slash the Sports Gambling Podcast. And also, please make sure to fill out our listener survey for a chance to win a hundred dollar SGPN gift card. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash survey. All right, and remember as always to let it ride. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. season. It is college football time. As you know, just uh, what uh, four games left in the college basketball season tears to my eyes, but uh, here we are rocking college football. You better leave. We're going to, we're going to ramp this thing up and uh, talk college football, college baseball all the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, college football, we preview every single team in the FBS. Uh, plus we do an FCS show as well. We got you covered here on the college football experience. Um, and, and look, we're going to key in on some of the biggest stuff here, but before we get to that, I want to tell you that my name is Colby swinging database, Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. (laughs) Nothing like college football. And the drama, we only get 12, 13, 14 games on the season, depending on who your team is. So the drama builds up and builds up and builds up in the off season. We're here to talk about all those coaches, perhaps on the hot seat and what, what would be the, the right number of wins to, to perhaps save their job. Essentially, we're going to talk about each and every one in the FBS. Also some great 
college football. What ifs that were sent to me over the past, I don't know, three months, but uh, yeah, let's get, let's get into the action folks. Appreciate you joining the college football experience. Make sure also that you're subscribed on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Also uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, do all that good stuff. Help us out as that sweet, sweet music uh, finishes off here. Shout out to the Chad, Rob Donaldson, Shane Vendrell. They're all talking college football. They're super excited for the season. And we are about to see a fresh new landscape as Rob Donaldson says in the chat here. And he is right. Um, you know, obviously we're on the verge of, well, this season, we get a fresh new landscape because we have a brand new big 12. We have a brand new AAC. We have a brand new conference USA. And then next year we gonna we are going to have a brand new big 10, a brand new uh, sec, a brand new pack, whatever, and, and potentially a brand new mountain West or big 12 again. I don't know. I know normally there's like a year wait on these things. So maybe, maybe uh, the San Diego state Aztecs or the Memphis tigers or the Boise state Broncos, or maybe even the Colorado state Rams, UNLV Fresno state. I don't know. Some of those teams might be SMU. I know is one that's been talked about as well. Could be going anywhere. Uh, and I see Bob Dole shout out to Bob Dole in the chat saying, Oh, my Mario Cristobal has gotta be on that one. And he wants Miami to be good. So bad. They say it's a basketball school now, man. I'm fucking with you. Probably a Miami hurricane fan. I don't think Mario Cristobal is on that list, but uh, you know, I've been a skeptic even when he was at Oregon. Patty C was here. If he was here, he would tell you that uh, he thought for some years I was unjust to him. I I just don't think he's a very good football coach. And I thought Miami was ridiculous to spend that much money on him, but we shall see. Let's 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 actually, I think that's one of the what ifs. So let's start there. Uh, Even though I, I wanted to start with the coaches, but I did get a what if what if Mario Cristobal has another losing season at Miami? See, I think that would, I think he's going to get three years out of this thing, but with John Ruiz, their main, you know, uh, booster, who knows? He's got, he's got fuck you money. Uh, maybe, maybe something could happen, but I, I think he will get three years out of it And Miami. I find is one of the interest, the most interesting teams in the country this year, because you look at what the hurricanes I mean, they were a complete disappointment. Honestly, they were a joke last year. Like they were a terrible team. Um, and you know, I thought they, they probably should have had an even worse record in my opinion. So uh, based on, on some of those games, I, uh, I I've drawn a blank on which ones right now, but um, I, I don't, I don't think they were a good team last year. And I think anyone, any Miami fan will probably tell you that or should tell you that this year. They replaced the offense. Josh Gaddis is at Maryland. Kevin Steele is at Alabama. I mean, when you when you you're moving up jobs. Now, I did think he did a good job replacing. Uh, and Charlie Strong left for Alabama too. Charlie Strong was part of that staff as well. Now uh, they went out and got Lance Guidry, who was like the Tulane DC for like a week. Prior to that, was at Marshall. Marshall had a very good defense. Um, and I know, I know he's, he's been a, a, de- a decently respected coach on the defensive side of the ball for a while. I know. I think he had a DUI a long time ago that, that held him back a little bit, 
Um, I think, I think if memory serves me correct, but uh, that's an interesting hire. And then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, he got Houston Shannon Dawson, which was interesting because you know Houston Dana Holgerson runs that air raid philosophy, but they run the ball a lot out of the air raid. You know, they kind of take what you give you, but but also have a stronger commitment to running the ball out of the air raid than than uh, pretty much any air, air air raid schemes we've seen, in my opinion. Um, those are very interesting hires to me. Very interesting. Um, so they're they're just an interesting team because. I don't know how good they are, but when you look at that schedule next year, and I love the first game of the season, the battle of the Miami schools, Friday, September 1st, they get the Miami, Ohio red Hawks. This, I mean, look, they should beat Miami, Ohio, but if you're telling me it's last year's team, <laughs> I mean, last year's team, you know, I think at half, they were in a, a neck and neck uh, with, with Southern miss. Southern Miss had their starting quarterback injured that game. Now I know Southern, Southern Miss has had their quarterbacks injured. I feel like every game of the year for the past three years or something, but they also lost to middle Tennessee in Miami gardens by, by double digits. And, and they could get anything they wanted to that game. Um, so yeah, they were very fortunate. Look at last year, last year, the Miami hurricanes were five and seven and they also had uh, two wins one in, in four overtimes against UVA in, in one of the more hilarious games of the season. UVA was terrible last year. They got that done and they also won against a bad Virginia Tech team by six. If you look at their wins actually, they only beat one team that was actually any decent, and that was Southern Miss, who was seven and six. But Southern Miss didn't have their starting quarterback. So you look at their other wins, Bethune Cookman, two and nine in the FCS ranks. Virginia Tech was just terrible last year. Brett Price first year three and eight. Remember they didn't play the uh, the twelfth game with because the tragedy in Charlottesville. Virginia was three and seven. They they you know they didn't play their final two games, and then Georgia Tech, uh, who was five and seven. So I mean they they beat zero good teams a year ago. I mean considering Southern Miss was without their starting quarterback, I do think Southern Miss was a decent team. So you look at two thousand twenty three. Miami, Ohio. I mean, they should win that. Would it shock me if Miami, Ohio was in that game in the fourth quarter? No. Although I think Chuck Martin's a coach that on the hot seat there in Miami, Ohio, just cause he's been there for a minute. Uh, they get Texas A and M who you got to figure is going to be better. Now they get Bethune Cookman. Who's still a disaster. Ed Reed was there for like a week cleaning up trash and then got the fuck out of town. So that should be fine. I mean, they should be two and one to start things off based on talent. Then they play a game at temple, which, you know, crazy that they play at temple. No one, no one goes to those temple games, but uh, going up to Philadelphia, I was kind of impressed with Stan Drayton in year one at temple. They got the offense moving. Now the defense was a complete mess. And I think their DC, if memory serves me correct, DJ Elliott has his work cut out for him, has his work cut out for him, but they got uh, Kurt Warner's son who can play ball at QB, they got some explosive wide receivers and I, I kind of like the running backs as well. That's an interesting game. They should be three and one. They should be three and one through September. And then they get Georgia tech where Brent key. I do think interesting that Georgia tech decided to stick with them, but I do think he was better than Jeff Collins. So you got to say, okay, well that's a game. Georgia tech's capable of winning, but Miami should win that game. They'll be favored in that game. They'll be four and one. Then they will be at North Carolina. Probably lose that game. 
probably lose that game. So four and two home to Clemson, probably lose that game four and three home to Virginia. They should win that one. Five and three at NC state uh, should lose that one. Five and four at Florida state. I expect five and five, you know, they actually do have a harder schedule. They get their home to Louisville with Jeff Brom and I would favor Louisville. So I put about five and six and then they're at BC on Friday, November 24th, where I expect it to be cold. Halfley, who knows what we're going to see. Phil Jerkovic's now at Pitt. Zay flowers is in the NFL uh, or headed to the NFL. Um, who knows what we get at, at a BC, but I, I actually wouldn't be that shocked. That's a great. What if, because I kind of, when I look at the schedule, I think six and six, anywhere from five and seven to seven and five. But I mean, you let them sputter against Miami, Ohio temple or Georgia tech. They might be in for a fucking brutal season. They might be in for just an absolutely brutal season. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So that that's the first, what if there we'll get to, we're going to get to some more. What ifs, but I want to talk about the, what would the magic number be? See, I think crystal ball is safe for this year. I mean, unless he goes like one and 11, you know, I think he's safe for this year. I think next year, the pressure will be on Mario Cristobal. Um, as far as, as you know, what coaches I see like on the hot seat or, or people are talking about are on the hot seat to me. Let's well, let's start out with one that's on their schedule. Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A and M. Obviously he goes and hires Bobby Petrino road rash face. You know, we love road rash face here on the college college football experience. Um, and it's going to, I think the dilemma that every, every publication is talking about is, is who's calling the place. Cause obviously Bobby Petrino can coach offense. He can coach offense. You look at Missouri state, look at what he did at Louisville, Arkansas. You go back. I mean, you can go back to the, the Western Kentucky, the, uh, the first in at Louisville. Um, the guy can coach offense. So if, if Jimbo Fisher, you know, can, can actually, uh, you know, remove his ego from the equation and let, uh, let Bobby Petrino do his thing. I expect a and M to be improved. The question is on the defensive side of the ball. They dropped off defensively without Mike Elko. And you saw what Mike Elko did at Duke phenomenal first year at Duke. I think one of the most underrated coaching jobs this season or this past season, but uh, they replaced him with DJ Durkin. And we went down there to an a and M game. They showed us around excellent f- facility. Shout out to cam Kerr, who I know is a and M guy. But uh, I didn't think it was all the offense. I mean, uh, the offense was terrible. Don't get me wrong. I also thought Durkin's defense wasn't great either. So I know they got guys that will be in the NFL all scattered through that roster, but uh, there's still a lot of concerns when, uh, when, when, when I look at Texas a and M and I don't know if Bobby Petrino fixes all of that. Now the question is, is obviously we know what 88 million, I think it was a year ago to buy out Jimbo Fisher, Texas a and M known to have fuck you money. Another year passes. I wonder what that number's at. I don't know what it's at at the top of my head. You know what I mean? But let's just say it's like 77 million. I don't know. Something like that. So 80 to 80 million. Who knows? Where is that threshold where they're okay buying him out? Because the West Virginia job might be open. Jimbo Fisher's from West Virginia. I don't know if they would be willing to take the bait, but. And that would be a dream scenario. That would be like when Satterfield left Louisville. Imagine if Fisher just leaves for West Virginia, but I don't think he's that dumb. I think I got to pay him all that money. And well, and there's a couple schools in Texas that have to ha- pretty much have signed on. Uh, and it would be surprising if they bought, bought out their contracts, but let's just say 
If there's one school, it would be Texas A&M or Texas probably. Um, so what is that? What is that win total? What What do you think that win total is for Jimbo Fisher uh, at Texas A&M? We're gonna talk about it in a second here, but I want to tell you that the college football experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by WinBet. Yes, WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for WinBet's Win Hour each Thursday from five to six p.m. Eastern Time during WinBet's Win Hour. Uh, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. Well, we got a few more games of March Madness. So many ways to get on uh, to bet on the big dance. Sign up today, receive a special offer. Bet a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a thousand dollar free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to WinBet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change terms and conditions. Winbet.com must be 21 or older present state where Winbet is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1 Andrew 522 We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Masters Edition. Yes, looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim for the, uh, the and you know, essentially watch the biggest golf uh, tournament of in the world. Yeah. You can win a three night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And uh, if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room uh, using the promo code SGP 15. We're also brought to you by the sports gambling podcast, final four watch party. Yes. Myself stack of the money green real money. Kramer will be live here in the studio, giving you play by play on the games. Also, you know, talking uh, live bets, talking, giving out prizes, a bunch of good stuff. This Saturday, make sure you check it out. Subscribe youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast and tune in this Saturday. All right. We are back on the college football experience. Shout out to Shane Vendrell. He's pumped to see how Luke fickle will do it. Wisconsin. Remember they're just talk about fickle coming in. And not only that, he brings Phil Longo, a former Mike Leach guy, our pal, our friend, rest in peace to our, our friend, Mike Leach has been on this show several times. Um, that's going to be, I was shocked by that move. I was shocked by that move. Um, we'll, 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 I'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot in the off season. Well, don't worry. We'll get to it. But right now we're talking Texas A&M. What will the, what, what is that win total? Or I'm sorry. What is the amount of wins where the fan base will say, all right, we're okay. We're okay. to next year. We're not super pissed. Is it eight, eight and four? Got Kevin Sumlin fired every year, right? He was going eight and four, nine and three, occasionally seven and five. I think he even had an eleven win season in there. Um, let's go through that schedule just off the fly. They got New Mexico. That's a win. Danny Gonzalez. Speaking of the hot seat, he's right there in, in Albuquerque. Former former safety for him. Played under Rocky Long. They're on the hot seat. They're a fucking mess, man. They're a mess. Um, Rocky Long's gone. He's at Syracuse now. Then uh, they get the week two matchup at Miami, which I fully expect AM to win. They just got way better players. And I even think the Petrino edition strengthens AM way more. The, uh, you know, they beat Miami last year when both teams were ass. So I don't know. I mean, I think you got to go. You got to go AM there. Then they get ULM out of the Sun Belt. Bowden, Terry Bowden. Hey, um, I like Terry Bowden, but I mean, come on, this out of conference schedule is fucking pathetic. Um, they get Abilene Christian later, also, but yeah, they should be three and zero. They should be three and zero, and they'll probably be in the top twenty because their name. 
Then they host the Auburn Tigers. Now they should beat Auburn. It's year one of the Hugh Freeze era, but Hugh Freeze, damn good coach, damn good coach. So that makes it an interesting game on Saturday, September twenty third, because Hugh Freeze is capable of out scheming you all day and beating you. Um, I would take A and M because knowing it's Freeze's first year, but uh, so they should be four and zero. And the fact that it's at Kyle Field, that that place is rocking. Then they got the game at Jerry's World, and it seems like Arkansas, even though they returned KJ Jefferson, it seems like they've lost a lot of their mojo. Kendall Bryles is now at TCU. Defense is revamped. Barry Odom's gone. He's the head coach at UNLV. It just seems like things are struggling a little bit there in Fayetteville. Now, Sam pulled pork Pittman, big fan, big fan of Sam pulled pork Pittman, but he's got his work cut out for him here. So I would lean a and M even here. I would lean a and M, but I will say KJ Jefferson's a good quarterback. So maybe they can get the maximum out of him. He's got to stay healthy, but yeah, I mean, they should, honestly, I think they should be five and oh, and then they host Alabama, which I think they would probably lose, but it is at Kyle field that last time Bama was there, they lost anything's possible. They were starting Zach Calzada in that game. So anything's possible there. Um, then they're at Tennessee. This is where it gets a little dicey. You let them lose that Arkansas game, the pulled pork Pittman, who's got a, who's kind of had a knack for, for getting his teams to play better than their actual roster. Let Paul Portman Pittman win that game at Jerry's world. They still play that stupid game at Jerry's world. We want that game gone. Um, imagine if they were to lose that. Cause I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. Now they could, they could beat Tennessee, but it's in Knoxville. I think Tennessee is going to be favored for that game. So, I mean, I would probably say right now they're looking at five and two, maybe four and three. They get a bye week. They're hosting South Carolina. Spencer Rattler's back at South Carolina. Beamer does have magic. I know Patty C thinks I undersell, uh, you know, Shane Beamer in the Gamecocks, but I would favor a and M there. They should be six to three. They should be six and three there. Then they're at Ole Miss, who's got like 30 quarterbacks right now. Obviously, bringing in Spencer Sanders. Um, they also got, I mean, they have a slew. They have a slew of quarterbacks, right? They have three that I, I expect. And that's that's what's crazy is we're forecasting all this. The portal opens back up. So all these players are probably going to be on different teams. Um, at Ole Miss, though, is one that I think is a losable game for them. And since I'm giving them Auburn, Arkansas, and South Carolina. Give me Ole Miss to beat them. Give me Ole Miss to beat them. Then they're home to Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's one of the strangest teams this year. Obviously, our friend Mike Leach passed away, and uh, Zach Carnett, the DC, is the new head coach. And I don't really know what to expect from them. They're kind of ditching the air raid principles. They're going to be a grounded pound team. Now, Arnett's a good defensive coordinator, runs that 3 3 5 that Rocky Long uh, taught. Um, I expect them to beat Mississippi State. I expect them to beat Abilene Christian. Then they're at LSU on uh, Saturday, November 25th. I expect, expect that to be a loss. So right there, you'd say that's what two, three, four, you know, I got them at four losses. So eight and four. Is that okay? It, wh- is that okay for the, for the, for the fan base in college station is the ultimate question. Shout out to Durko in the chat. Weehawk as well. Weehawk is saying nine games. 
nine games is the magical number, which I think is doable. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. You, you beat Ole Miss or you beat, uh, you know, Tennessee, which I think, I think they have the roster to do that. So I, I agree. I think nine, you're okay. Eight and four, you might be considering, you know, paying the, paying this guy out, getting rid of him. But I guess you got to have someone lined up. But I don't know. Jimbo's been always been a little overrated in my opinion. I think if you go back to that Florida State team in 2014 or 13, whatever it was, I think 13. I don't think they would have won a, the championship had they been a, a playoff. I don't think they would have been a champion. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's the first one on the hot seat. So let's say I'm going to mark this down, and we're going to revisit this later in the season. Let's put nine. Nine wins or bust. I've just got a spreadsheet going over here. Uh, let's stay in that state. I know we're going to switch around the conferences, but let's talk about the team. Well, this guy right here. If you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash The College Experience. Uh, staying in that state, you got the Texas Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian, who I think. Uh, okay, they took a decent. They took an all right step. I feel like last year. He went from what five and seven. He's got an unbelievable recruiting class. Obviously, Arts Manning, blah 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 blah. Um, but five and seven to eight and five, I believe. Just double checking this right here. Um, yeah, five and seven to eight and five. He's thirteen and twelve at Texas right now. There's a lot of hype around this program. Arts Manning probably buys him another year. To tell you the truth. The hype around Arch Manning and the fact they landed him and a bunch of other big time recruits. Now I don't think he can go five and seven, but I think if he just goes six and six or above, they should be fine. Because I think they're gonna bank on the future of one more year. Now, you know, we never saw Sarkeesian have a great year at USC when he was surrounded by a bunch of talent. I think what nine wins was the best he did at USC. What is that number? Let's let's just take a peek. And once again, we're just and this is a future SEC team. Yeah, so that that's what's hilarious is he has basically like a one year window to get this done. They might give him another year, but you're entering the SEC now. I thought the Big Twelve, and I know people shit on me all all uh, once Georgia destroyed TCU sixty five to seven or something. I thought the Big Twelve was like the hardest football conference last year as far as there was no like real terrible team. That does not mean that they had better teams than Alabama and Georgia. That just means I feel like they had a deeper, they had no easy games. Like I do believe every conference for the most part had easy games last year in the PAC 12. I think Stanford and Cal Colorado were kind of easy last year. I mean, maybe you take Cal away. I don't know. I think those three Yeah, Arizona state, even, even though they have talent, um, the ACC, the whole fucking conference. I feel like Virginia, Virginia tech, Boston college. Uh, I would say Georgia tech, those four Miami, Miami was a fucking terrible team last year. Five. Uh, you look at uh, the big 10. I don't think Indiana was good. I don't think Rutgers was good. I don't think Northwestern was good. Um, am I forgetting any? I think those uh, Nebraska. So you got four bad teams right there. Um, you go to the SEC and you say, "Well, Vanderbilt was improved, but they're still not a good team." I didn't think Missouri was very good. Um, those, those are probably well, Texas A&M. Those three, 
those three teams are not, we're not good teams. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, like Florida's a little in the middle there. Um, but no, I'd say the, I'd say those three, I think Florida gets a pass. The other three were not good teams in the big 12, Iowa state and West Virginia, I guess. But I think Iowa state, you go look at that schedule. Iowa state had like what? Five or six uh, losses by a score or less. They were a lot, but they weren't, they were a lot better to me than like your worst teams in, in, in other conferences. Uh, but let's look at this. Let's look at the schedule here. Cause I, 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 I am actually very intrigued to see. Well, first off, we know they have, they have the Alabama crimson tide on the schedule this year. So uh, that alone week one, they get, they get the rice owls. They should be fine. Who knows? Rice was <laughs> no, I'm joking. They, they should, they should be fine to beat JT Daniels starting at rice. I believe only been in college 35 years. Watch out, watch out for the owls. New to the AAC, um, yeah, they'll be one and zero. Then they're at Bama. Remember, they should have beat Bama a year ago. Terrible, terrible referee in the whole fucking game. They were the better team than Bama. And I hate saying this as a Texas. I I hate Texas. You guys know this. Um, I got them one and one. Then they're home to Wyoming. They should be two and one. Uh, then they're at Baylor. See, this is where it gets tricky, man. You get them this Big Twelve schedule. I got no idea who's winning that fucking game. Baylor always does better when they're not projected to be great. This year they're not projected to be great, which means they'll probably win this fucking game. Then they're home to Kansas. Last time Kansas stepped in the stadium, they dropped like 55 on them and won an overtime. Lightbolt continues to build that. Remember, they were red hot before Jalen Daniels got injured. I mean, honestly, I would think they would probably lose to Bama and Baylor. They beat Kansas, then they get Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. They destroyed Oklahoma a year ago, but there was no Dylan Gabriel in the in the Red River shootout. I'll give them that game. I think they're ahead of Oklahoma right now. So let's say, wait, one, two, three, four. Then they get a bye week, and then they're at Houston. This game is fucking awesome because you know Houston, Texas never wants to schedule Houston. So for one year, we get to see this matchup because Texas never wants to schedule Houston because if Houston beats them, you know it's a good fuck you for them. And Texas recruits the hell out of Houston. Oh, I, I mean personally. I think Houston could beat them. I I don't know. They're replacing Clayton Toon, but they bring in Donovan Smith, who comes over from Texas Tech. All right, let's just say Texas wins that one. I don't know though, man. See, we're, like you look back at last season's last season's uh, you know games. They got Texas should have lost to Iowa State. That was a game that I thought was very fortunate. Now they should have beat Alabama, so they probably would have had the same fucking record. But. I mean, they lose in triple overtime to Texas tech. They got no business losing to Texas tech in year one of the Joey McGuire era. Uh, they get, they, they beat Oklahoma. Once again, Oklahoma's without their starting quarterback. They went 49, nothing, but I think that's going to be a little bit different this year. Now I still favor Texas, the game against Iowa state. They win by three. Like I said, I thought they should have lost that game. Thought Iowa state got robbed. Um, not robbed from a referee standpoint. It, Xavier Hutchinson drops a wide open deep ball where I feel like nine out of 10 times on the final drive. That would have been a walk-in touchdown. Uh, they lose at Oklahoma state. Mike Gundy seems to beat Texas every year. They beat K state by seven and they hung on to that TCU. I know that says seven point game. TCU really had that game up 17, three. They fumbled with like five, like a minute left. Texas returned it for a touchdown. Uh, but then they did whoop ass. Uh, no, they lost to Washington, but they, 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 they whooped Kansas ass and took care of Baylor. But 
I think it's a harder schedule a little bit this year because you got to go to Bama. How many wins would it would it would fans be having? I just think you have a winning record. You survive, survive. But I think you know they're 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 they got the work cut out for them going into the SEC. We'll see who they get on that SEC schedule. But I think between Houston and BYU and K State, I mean it it does the schedule does break nice for them. Does break nice for them. You look at their away games at Bama. Okay, that's terrible. That's a loss. But at Baylor, early in the year. Winnable game at Houston after a bye week. You know, you get a bye week before they should. They sh- they're the better team. They should win that as far as like roster talent. At TCU, I think TCU is going to take a major step back this year. At Iowa State, which is always tricky, and I think Iowa State probably beats them. But I mean, this is a really nice schedule. I actually think like they should be happy with like seven or eight wins this year. At at, at the minimum, at minimum. I think six and six, you actually got to worry about getting them fired. Cause I think the schedule is kind of nice. Uh, if you get, if, if uh, they really should be like 10 and two talent wise, they should be like 10 and two. We'll see if they can finally get there, but either way next year, you're going to the sec. Uh, we'll see if he can survive this season. But I would say to me, to be happy, if you're a Texas fan to not want to fire him, eight and four, I'm going to say eight and four. Just because you know Arch Manning's a freshman. A lot of other talent that came in, freshman or redshirt freshman. The big year is the SEC year, I think. So uh I think I think he's probably gonna be okay, to tell you the truth. I think Sark is gonna make it through. Shout out to Abdi Dini. I was sucked. I'm glad Penn State won the Rose Bowl. Wow. We weren't even talking about that. I don't know. I, I dude, I like Iowa. I like Iowa. Um, let's let's see what will happen. It'll be interesting to see, though. I, I think Sark. Though I'm going to put that number at eight. Put that number at eight. Let's move along. Stay in the state of Texas. Let's take Dana Holgerson, who has the same situation, the same dilemma as Jimbo Fisher. The buyout's too big. Now, also, you got to want to buy him out. It's not like he's been doing fucking terrible, but it is it is pretty interesting to see. What they go last year, and they lose Clayton Tune. They lose the star wideout. Um, they uh, were eight and five in the AAC. Now you're stepping up to the Big Twelve. I mean, I think I think it's going to be very interesting to see. They also, uh, well, at a conference, they don't have a Power Five, but UTSA is pretty much like a Power Five. They host UTSA in the opener. They're at Rice. Seems to always. I feel like Rice kind of gives them games. Maybe I'm full of shit. I don't know. And then they get Sam Houston. That's the other out of conference game. Sam Houston, year one in the FBS here. So they should. They honestly should be three and zero. But I can see UTSA beating them too. So that's going to be interesting. If they lose to UTSA, who they they should have lost to UTSA last year, but they didn't. They came back in the fourth quarter, down like seventeen, stretched the game to overtime, and somehow came out on top. I mean, honestly, this is a great schedule to start the season home to UTSA. If you can get that win at Texas home to TCU home to Sam Houston state, I actually favor Houston and the other ones. So I think they should be four and oh, then they travel to Lubbock. Donovan Smith is the quarterback. He used to play for Texas tech. So that makes that game super compelling. And then you have a bye week. You're able to go. If you're able to go five and oh into that bye week, 
Then you got a Thursday night, which I can't wait for this game. But the only problem is, is it's not in Morgantown. I want to see this game in Morgantown, but you got Holgerson against West Virginia, but it's in Houston. Neil Brown is the epitome of a fucking coach on the hot seat. He's probably public enemy number one. Um, I mean, it's a nice schedule, and then they get Texas, but then it, then it, towards the end, towards the backside, it gets a little tough. At K State, at Baylor, then you're home to Cincy, home to OK State, and at UCF. I mean, I think you're happy if you go if you go bowling, but I think I I, I look at that schedule. I, I wouldn't be shocked they win eight games again. I'm gonna put that number though at seven. I think you're happy in year one if you go if you go seven and five, and you're in the Big Twelve, playing Power Fives. Then you got to be happy. Um, let's let's stay though. Let's stay in the Big Twelve. And, and feel free, folks, if you guys want to. Talk uh, yeah, let's talk about Dino Babers. Let's talk about Dino Babers. Hey, will Syracuse ever put money into their fucking program? Because I feel like I feel like uh, you know, this was a football juggernaut back back in the day. You know. Even when I was you know, even in the eighties, after they built that filthy dome, they were still good. Eighties and nineties, they were still a good team. They were respected. But ever since, ever since uh, you know Donovan McNabb era, they've kind of been ass. They got up for one year. I think Babers won ten games, and then last year they started out six and zero, or something like that, and they ended up being all right. But I don't even know if this is Babers' fault. I feel like Syracuse should be way better in the NIL era, and you know it's funny that they're firing fucking announcers or local local radio talent that are just calling that out. I think it's it's common sense. They should be a lot better. I get it. They're in the middle of upstate New York. It's a hard sell. Not in the fucking NIL era. Not in the NIL era. Go to upstate New York. Why? What the fuck is Lincoln, Nebraska? If they can bring in talent there, what is Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Really? I mean, yes, they're surrounded by a lot more talent than Syracuse. But my point is, is it's still in the middle of like there's a lot of Boise state is successful. They're in the middle of fucking Idaho. You know what I mean? BYU and Utah, Utah is in Salt Lake city. You got no excuse. You got no excuse. You should be a lot better. Um, Syracuse though. Uh, what is that? That, you know, I do think Baber's a bit on the hot seat, even though la- I thought, you know, last season, I thought he did a damn good job coaching stand up seven and six. I don't even know if it's his fault. I kind of think he's a good football coach. I kind of think he's a good football coach, but I just feel like if you're not investing, they had a bunch of their defenders leaving the portal this year. They had Robert and I, their OC leave to NC state invest in fucking football. It'll treat you. Look, I I've read it. I've read, I think multiple articles over the past, like 24 months of what winning, winning football games does for your university as far as financially as far as your enrollment, which is basically financially everything Clemson. I read a study on Clemson, I read a study on Bama. You know, uh, I think there was another school too. I read a study. UCF UCF was the other one. There, there's no secret. Like if you invest in it, you're going to make a bunch of money back, but what the fuck Syracuse is tarnishing their legacy. Um, looking at next year for Dino Babers. I think if he goes bowling there, they should be happy. Let's get into it. They got the Colgate Raiders week one in the FCS out of the Patriot league. That should be a win. Western Michigan. 
brand new coach. That should be a win in the care in the JRM fucking wireless dome, whatever they call that shit. Now then they're at Purdue, but remember Purdue has got a first year coach in Ryan Walters. That's my guy, former Colorado Buffalo safety comes over as uh, he was the, the Illinois defensive coordinator. They had the top defense in the nation a year ago, depending on what stat you look at either first or second. Um, I still think though, he's got his work cut out for him because Brahms taking a bunch of guys. They, they lost a bunch of guys. So I feel like Syracuse sh- should be in that game. I kind of think Syracuse should win that game, but since it's at Purdue, I feel like that's a 50, 50. I feel like Purdue will probably be favored. So let's just give them a loss two and one. Then they're home to army. Jeff Munkin, fantastic football coach. They run the triple option. It's in the carrier dome where, you know, I feel like uh speed can prevail. I think it's a, tr- a tricky game and it's right before they get Clemson. Unfortunately, that's a terrible spot because you take it on a triple option team. They still should win that game. Now would it shock me if army won that? No, because uh, Jeff Monk is a damn good coach and they get the maximum amount of their talent. They should be three and one though. Then they're home to Clemson. Syracuse has like a, a history of kind of fucking with Clemson. They don't necessarily win the games, but they're there. They're close games. I still think Clemson is going to beat them three and two uh, at North Carolina at Florida state. They should lose both those. So they should be three and four. They get a bye week They're at Virginia tech, which I think they won at lane the last time they played there. It's a Thursday night game. Honestly, I think Syracuse is better than Virginia tech right now. So I, I would say they should be able to win that. They should be able to win that one. So that would be uh, four wins right there. Boston college at home on a Friday. It's in the carrier though. It's winnable. Uh, then they get pit at Yankee stadium. They're going to lose that one at Georgia tech. That's winnable six, six and six. If they can get Georgia tech, that will take him to six and six. He's safe. If he's five and seven, he's fired. I think so I'm putting the magic number at six, four Dino Babers. What do you guys think about my assessment? All right. What do you think about my let's talk? Let's let's go next. But before I go next, I want to tell you that the college football experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness college pickup. It's a great way to get in on, on all the action, especially if your bracket's busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA and NHL daily games. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, man. I'm already 42 minutes in. This is gonna have to be a. This is gonna have to be a couple episodes. Might have to do this again and uh, talk more about the what ifs uh, tomorrow. But uh, let's get into what you know. Dick Gersberg is asking about here. He's asking about Neil Brown. He's probably gonna be number one. On, I mean, this is one I'm shocked he's even still coaching there. The only th- the only reason I think he's still coaching there is they brought in a new athletic director. They, they got rid of the old athletic director, fired him. It's kind of tough to hire both at the same time. So you hire the athletic director, you give Brown one more year, see if he's got any magic. And this is the situation that is the West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, West Virginia, first off, kudos to West Virginia for their out of conference scheduling. I think it's hard to win games when you you only have three, you know, they play the full slate in the Big 12s or no no no, actually now the new Big 12, they have a nine game conference schedule, so you don't get everybody. But you're playing 11 power fives. You got Pitt and Penn State on there as rivalry games. 
absolutely awesome for college football fans like myself, but fucking crazy for um, if you're trying to trying to salvage your season at Penn State Week One. That's a loss, and I know there are the lines already out. They're big dogs in that game. They're gonna lose that game. They get Duquesne, which awesome. The shout out to CJ Sullivan, man in the box podcast, or I'm sorry, the bottom lines bombs podcast. Check out that one. I love the fact they're bringing in a Pittsburgh school into into Morgantown. They're gonna beat Duquesne, and then they get Pitt. That game that game was awesome a season ago. It's probably gonna be awesome. I'll even take them to beat Pitt. No, I don't know. They Pitt has Jerkovic. I think Pitt's a better team right now. But it's a rivalry game. Give me Dub V. I think Dub V gets them. Uh, home to Texas Tech. Man, these games are tough. I think I got a favorite tech. If you beat Pitt, the come down, you're gonna go one and one in that stretch. At TCU, winnable. Winnable. Chandler Morris, now the guy, Max Duggan off to the NFL. I think they're gonna regress a, quite a bit. Uh, they get a bye week, then they're at Houston. Winnable. I mean, they actually could have a pretty good season. Home to Oklahoma State, winnable, but I think they'll probably lose. At UCF, I think that's a loss. Home to BYU, winnable. At Oklahoma, loss. Home to Cincinnati, winnable. And that's actually what's what I mean. And then at Baylor, which I think would probably be a loss. So, like, the only for sure losses I see on the schedule are like, what, one? Two, three, four. I, I, I think if he if he goes seven and five, he's probably going to be okay. It's a big year for him, though. I think he's got to go seven and five. I don't think six and six is going to cut it. He's been six and six too many times here. I think he's got to go seven and five regular season or better. Um, but that's going to be compelling to watch because JT Daniels gone, Graham Harrell the OC gone to Purdue. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's got it in him. I don't know if he's got it in him, but. And I think they got hit by the portal pretty bad. I think they got hit by the portal pretty bad. So, um, smash that like button. Aveda says that's right, folks. Get over there. Get over there. Shout out to Dick Gertzberger. Says I absorb everything you say, and it's made me money. Have you addressed the New Mexico, the New Mexico coach, New Mexico State, or New Mexico? Because Danny Gonzalez at New Mexico was one that I mean I've really been rooting for this guy. I don't think it's going to work out though. I'm reluctant to believe that this thing is going to work out there. You look at uh, New Mexico, a Rocky long, long time, legendary coach in New Mexico. Shit. He had them rolling back in the nineties when they had Brian Erlacher and everybody, they were rolling. They were like a, a good team. They were a bowl team almost, I feel like year in year out. Um, and he, he came back to coach, you know, with his former player, Danny Gonzalez is the head coach. He came back to be the defense coordinator, but he left for, for Syracuse. And actually that's another reason why Syracuse might be all right this year is when you have Rocky long who's one of the best defensive coordinators over the past, uh, you know, past 50 years of college football that might make quite a difference. But um, I think New Mexico definitely has issues. Now, maybe he's building it the right way. The offensive line play last year awful. I mean, awful. They got their ass kicked in pretty much every mountain West game a season ago. Uh, the schedule though. And I know we were talking about this uh, actually last night on the college football experience, because it actually could be all right. They could, I mean, if they can get any offensive play, which is a big fucking if, but they get Tennessee tech of the FCS. 
That's they're going to win that game. They get New Mexico State. Now I love what Jerry Kill is doing in Las Cruces, but that's a rivalry game. Throw out the record books. I would favor New Mexico State. Wouldn't shock me if New Mexico won that game. It's in Albuquerque, University Stadium. They call it now. They're at UMass. That's winnable. They have back-to-back away at UMass at Wyoming. They kind of fuck with Wyoming a little bit. I, I I was on them two years ago as a 17 and a half point dog on the money line at Wyoming. I would still favor Wyoming. Wouldn't shock me. Wyoming wins all these close games. So there's opportunity there for you to be four and one because you open up the season with AM. Do I think they'll be four and one? No, I think probably three and two. Probably three and two. Actually, probably two and three if I think about it. But if I'm being optimistic here, three and two. They get a bye week. They're home to San Jose State. Now, I think San Jose State's going to be pretty good this year. It's at home, though. Upsets happen. They're home to Hawaii with Timmy Chang. Timmy Chang was better than I thought he would be in year one. And I thought the, prog- the, 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 the program progressed faster than I thought. However, it's October 21st. It's it's in Albuquerque. I would favor New Mexico. That could be that, you know, let the ball bounce right for them. That could be four or five wins right there. Then they're at Nevada. Nevada seems to be a mess. Shout out to Ken Wilson, former Mike Leach guy, but they seem to be a little bit of a mess. Winnable. Then they're home to UNLV winnable. You could talk yourself into a fucking bowl game. I'm betting against it though. I got to see that offense. Uh, I got to see the offensive line be all right. I got to see the quarterback play be all right. There's a lot of what ifs, uh, <laughs> a lot of question marks when you look at Nevada or New Mexico. I think the defense was probably probably going to be fine though. Defense will probably be fine. That's Gonzalez, especially he played safety for Rocky Long back in the '90s. Um, and then after that, it's at Boise, at Fresno, Utah State. They'll probably lose all those games. But could they get to a bowl? Sure. This is the, this is the year to fucking do it. This is the year to do it. And look, you know, I know it was tough for those first year coaches with COVID, you know, with COVID uh, going on. So maybe they give Gonzalez a pass being the fact he's a former Lobo from the golden era, but you let them, you let them get New Mexico state. If they're able to beat New Mexico state on September 16th, I think they can go bowling this year. Now, would I bet on them to go bowling? No, no, I would not. Not until I see more. Uh, we got we got more coachings we got to talk to um, or talk about. There we go. Shout out to Alfred. Needed some TCE after sitting through the NBA for the whole night. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, come on, it's tough. It's tough. Um, uh, other coaches I have on the hot seat here. So let's say. I think Gonzalez, honestly, I think if a Gonzalez wins five games, I think he's safe for another year C- considering what he walked into five games, putting it down as five. Let's talk about, uh, and I saw Rob Donaldson mentioned Pat Fitzgerald. In my opinion, he shouldn't be on the fucking hot seat. In my opinion, this is a coach that turned down Notre Dame to stay at Northwestern. Get the fuck out of here. He should have a lifetime contract. And when you factor in, you can't bring in anyone in the portal. All these schools are suffering. Now I know you could say, well, Duke had this great year last year. 
Duke and Northwestern, similar academics, private school pussies. And you know, why can't that be Mike Elko or why can't Fitzgerald be Mike Elko? Well, I mean, first off, we're two years removed from Northwestern playing in the big 10 championship, wacky season, whatever you want to say, they were there. Then uh, the ACC is the ACC. I mean, Duke gets to beat up on, you know, or gets to get wins against some, some shittier competition. I understand Northwestern's in the big West or the big 10 West. I don't care. Playing Iowa, playing Wisconsin, playing and Purdue with Brom was up. Flex got Minnesota up Nebraska. Okay. That's one you could say they should have gotten over the years, which they didn't. Cause I went to one of those games in Lincoln where they got fucking destroyed. But uh, I think he's fine. I, I think he should be fine. I think he should be fine. I know uh, New Mexico, or Northwestern fans don't want to hear me talk about that, but wh- I just feel like, what do you expect? What do you expect from like, you can't bring in transfers. The fan base is fickle. You know what I mean? Like the fan base, like they, they talk about another school. If you wanted to be good, you got tons of money. Will they put football first? Me and Patty C have talked about this for years since NIL came legal. Uh, Stanford, if they wanted to, could be the best fucking team in the country. They'd be able to pay everybody. They're already in California. Northwestern's in Chicago. They got money. I'm sure they got business connects. If they wanted to put football first, they could. I think it's pivotal, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of these schools. Northwestern's lucky enough that they're in the Big Ten. They're going to be getting that Big Ten money when that contract starts in the 2024 playoffs that so somehow they're going to get passed, but like Stanford and Duke, you might not be playing D one football in 25 years. If you don't get your shit together, invest, invest in that, invest in football. Um, but yeah, looking at, uh, looking at their schedule, I, like I said, I don't think you should be on the fucking hot seat. I know people say this. I don't care. I don't care. He's won a lot of big time games. He turned down Notre Dame to stay at Northwestern. Has anyone ever turned? Has anyone in the history of college football? I, I would love to know. Stayed at a school like that and not gone to one of the like premier. And he didn't. He wouldn't even probably. I mean, I guess he would have to move, but not that far. It's not that far. Northwestern opens up the season at Rutgers Saturday, September second. They should move that to a weekday game because no one's gonna watch that shit on a Saturday. Move that to a Thursday or Friday. Give me a give me a phone call. New new Big Ten commissioner, one eight hundred pick Dundee. Uh, that's a winnable game though. That's a winnable game. I'm intrigued by that matchup. I know most people want to fall asleep at that matchup. That is a huge matchup because I do have Greg Schiano on the hot seat too. I think Schiano deserves to be on the hot seat way more than Pat Fitzgerald. That game is compelling, and for either team, if they want to make a bowl, they're gonna need to win that thing. Let's say Northwestern gets it. Let's say Northwestern gets it. They go, they get, they host UTEP. Dana Dimble's done a good job getting UTEP to like respectable levels. Didn't make a bowl last year, five and seven, but the year before made a bowl. Should, should be able to win that game too, though. You should be two and oh, and then they're at Duke. And for some reason, Northwestern can never beat Duke. So they lose that game. Mike Halco's also a fucking genius. Two and one. They're hosting Minnesota. Tanner Morgan, their arrows over. They're probably going to lose that game. It's winnable. 
but they're probably going to lose that game. Two and two. Home to Penn State, two and three. Home to Howard, three and three. Then they get a bye week. They're at Nebraska. Look, Matt Rule, year one. If there was ever going to be the year, if we all believe that Matt Rule is the right hire there, which I I I, I tend to think he's going to make them at least a bowl team year in year out. I don't know if they'll be back to dominance, but then uh, this would be the year to get them. It's in Lincoln. I think they lose. Uh, home to Maryland. Talia Talavoya is back. Mike Loxley's talent team is talented. I think they lose. Uh, home to Iowa and Wrigley. This is one they could get because they play a similar brand as Iowa, but I still favor Iowa. Eh, this team's not going to win any games. All right, they they got at Wisconsin after that. They're going to lose. Home to Purdue. This is a winnable game. At Illinois, they're going to lose. Looking at four wins, five wins. I think to me, I think if he wins one game, he still should be safe. If he wins one game, if he loses to Rutgers and UTEP, and they only beat fucking Howard, he should be safe for the next year. Now maybe the next year you can talk me into saying, hey, they should he should be on the hot seat. So I think that's uh, that's uh, yeah. Alfred Alfred's right. He said Pat Fitzgerald should definitely not be on the hot seat. That's like turning down Sidney Crawford for Emma Thompson. Best analogy he could think of. He says after the NBA, interesting, interesting analogy because. Hadn't heard a Sidney Crawford reference since the fucking Pepsi commercials in the nineties. Um, uh, yeah, let's get to a couple others. All right. We're at 57 minutes. Let's try to go. Let's, let's, let's go a couple others here. All right. So Fitzgerald, even though I don't agree with it, I'm going to say one, one win and he should be fine. <laughs> if he goes, Oh, and 12, I still think he should be fine. I honestly still think you should be fine. Um, let's talk about uh, Greg Schiano now, because that's one that's interesting. If you, if you, Greg Schiano is one that I thought was a great, a ho- you know, a home run hire. Now they're going to benefit when the Big Twelve gets rid of. I'm sorry, when the Big Ten gets rid of the divisions. Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana will be able to exhale some. Cause they're going to, there's life, there's life. Uh, Greg Schiano, you know, I, I thought it was a home run. I still think it can be, if he can make it through this year, I'm assuming they're getting rid of the divisions next year. There's been no official reports on that, but Shiano is 56 years old. He's been now at Rutgers. Well, actually I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. Cause I thought he came in 19. I'm seeing here 20. So 2020 was year one. So he had five game season or whatever the fuck it was. Um, then 21 and 22. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I think, you know, the more, yeah, he's definitely fine considering he walked into that and the, at the time he walked into that with the pandemic and everything, he's just 12 and 22 since he's came back to Rutgers in the second stint. But I think he's fine. Now that I think about it, I thought he was in 19, but let's just, let's just say, let's see what Rutgers can do. If they beat Northwestern in the opener, it's in Piscataway. They should be favored. They get Temple after that. <laughs> Watch out! I feel like Temple's better than what people think. They should beat Temple. They get Virginia Tech in Piscataway after that. Actually, they should be three and zero. They should be three and zero heading into Ann Arbor, and they'll get their ass kicked, and they'll be three and one. And then they get the Wagner Seahawks, who are awful, like one of the worst, if not the worst, FCS. So they'll be four and one. If they can get past Northwestern, 
and Virginia Tech. But there's a good path. I think they'll be favored in those games. They'll be four and one. Then they go to Madison to take on Wisconsin. I'm intrigued to see who Wisconsin is this year. I mean, I got a favorite Wisconsin. It's in Madison, jump around. But I'm super intrigued to see how that transition will be from like the style of football they played to the air raid in year one. Now they got the transfer portal. Luckily, if they didn't have the transfer portal, Wisconsin might have been asked this year. But the portal, I think, is going to help them out in this day and age of college football. So I got them losing that one. Then they're home to Michigan State. That is what I'm intrigued by. I would favor Michigan State at Indiana. That's a coach on the hot seat, Tom Allen. We could talk about him in a second too. They get a bye week. They're home to Ohio State. Then, then they're at Iowa and at Penn State. What a three game stretch! Home to Ohio State at Iowa at Penn State. They're going to lose all of those. Then they host Maryland, which is winnable, which is winnable, but they're not going to. Maryland's going to beat them. Maryland's ahead of them. I mean, I look at this schedule and I see five wins. And I think you should be happy with that. Don't fire him. Let him get out of that big 10 East. Let him get out of that big 10 East. But I want to talk about this and we'll talk Indiana, Tom Allen in a second. So I'm putting five for Shiano. I want to talk about this. I, this is a great. What if I got a, what if Mel Tucker does not go bowling this year? Well, he does have a ridiculous contract, right? An absolutely ridiculous contract. So it's almost like the Jimbo Fisher era in East Lansing. If, if, uh, you know, if he loses again here now, let me pull it up. Mel Tucker as a head coach of Sparty. Remember he had that great year. So he is 18 and 14 as a head coach of Michigan state, which is not great to be paid that much fucking money. If you add in the Colorado year, he's 23 and 21 as a head coach. Um, I don't know this. This is a good. What if though, because let's, let's say, let's look at Michigan state's schedule. They open up the season with central Michigan. They should win that game, but watch out Jim McElwain, birdie manual jr. Um, then they get the Richmond spiders. Who's a, not a bad FCS team. They should win that game. It's both, both of those are in East Lansing, but remember last year that was Western Michigan kind of fucked with them early in the early in the game, but I think they'll be fine here. I think they'll be two and L then they host Washington. If they can pull this upset, I think Mel Tucker will be back being like, Hey, this guy was a great hire. I think they're going to lose this game though. I got Washington winning this game. I think they're two and one here. Then they host Maryland. So they don't leave East Lansing the first four weeks of the season. That works well for you know a coach that might be getting a little heat, even though I don't think they could buy him out. He's probably like, Hey, fuck you. I'm rich as shit and I have time. Um, but Maryland's capable of beating them. If anything, I did Maryland beat them last year. I think Maryland might be a little bit ahead of them as far as like talent goes. Yeah. They lost to Maryland last year. Maryland brings back Tolia. I'll give it to Michigan state. Cause it's in East Lansing, but that's like a 50, 50 game to me, but let's say three and one, then they're at Iowa. They're not going to win at Iowa three and two. At, then they get a bye week and then they're at Rutgers. That should be a win. Four and two. Home to Michigan. 
Those games are always wacky, but I assume they would lose this one four and three at Minnesota. I think it might be a huge game to tell the season. I would favor Minnesota though. Gone to my head right now. So four and four hosting Nebraska year one, Matt rule. Let's give the Tucker five and four at Ohio state loss five and five. And that w- that's what makes this, this game super interesting. Cause if they're five and five and they're on the second end of a back-to-back away and they're at Indiana, but Tom Allen might've already been fired by now. You know, you don't know, but I can tell you this, the final game of the season after that's Penn state. And I think they're going to lose that game. So what, what I'm saying is, is that Indiana game, that Nebraska game, even the Maryland game, don't trip Sparty because you will be going five and seven, but I think his job is safe at least for another year or two, because the contract is ridiculous. Um, Shout out to Nathan Cerna. Got a 25% raise at Dundee. Yes. Let's cash. There we go. Shout out to you, man. Congrats. Would Arizona state hire cliff Kingsbury. That would be a terrible fucking no. I mean, as an OC, they just hired Dillingham as an OC. Maybe I could see that. I don't, I don't think they should personally. I think you want, uh, I don't think they should. I don't think they should. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit more though. Let's talk about Tom Allen and the, the Indiana Hoosiers, which is why you really come to the college football experience. Talk Indiana football. Sarcasm folks. Um, Tom Allen though. I thought he was going to get fired last year survives. They opened the season with Ohio state loss. What is that win total for him to stay? They got to go bowling, right? Six and six uh, blindly. That would be my first guess. Uh, home to Ohio state loss home to Indiana state. The Sycamores little Indiana on Indiana state battle. I love it. They're going to win one and one. Then they get, this is stupid. This is stupid. They play Louisville and Jeff Brown, but in Indianapolis at Lucas oil stadium, that stadium sucks. Stadium's terrible. Um, this game should be a home and home. You filthy whores. Um, Louisville's going to beat their ass uh, one and two, but I don't know. It's Brown's first year. Maybe I kind of feel like Louisville's better. So I'm going to say one and two. Then they get to Akron zips and Joe Moorhead who I'm bullish on, but I think it might be uh, too much. Uh, give me Indiana to get that one. Two and two at Maryland, two and three. They lose that one. Get a bye week at Michigan, two and four home to Rutgers winnable three and four at Penn state loss three and five home to Wisconsin, three and six at Illinois, three and seven home to Michigan state. Maybe. I don't think they're going to get it done. That's four in the final game of the season is at P- Purdue. That would be five. I think he needs to get to six. I think it's six or bust, but damn, you know, if you're Tom Allen, you got to talk to the athletic director, go out, buy him some fucking drinks, take him out all over town, buy some scattered ass for him. I don't know, but if you can just get out of this year and let the big 10 East, you know, and, and get rid of those divisions, and have you play in Minnesota more often? Have you been playing Northwestern more often? You have life then, but I think you're up against it clockwise. Get six wins, and you might have some magic. Get some, get six wins. I think that that's that's the goal there. All right, we're we're we'll, we'll hit you with a, a one or two more, and then I'll get out of here. So Fitzgerald, what else? Power five wise, let's talk about Zach Arnett. Unfortunately, you know, he had that incident where his, his, you know, he was the defense coordinator 
of Mississippi State, came over from San Diego State when he was with Rocky Long. And uh you know, our friend coach Leach passes away uh, with a, with a heart condition back on like December 12th. I think if memory serves me correct. And you know, he's, he's becomes the, the, the interim head coach. They win their bowl game. Uh, and, and he, he's now the, the guy, he has an opportunity to, uh, to really be the guy now in, in, you know, Starkville. So but what I did find interesting, first off, he tried to hand to hire Kendall Bryles at, at uh, the, the, now the OC of TCU, but formerly the OC of uh, Arkansas that didn't work out. So then he goes out and gets, uh, and I hate saying he's on the hot seat when the guys only coached one game as a head coach in his career, but I believe that to be the reality because the sec you know, you, they kind of have these crazy, you know, the fan bases are so fantastic. They want to, if you're not winning, get out of there. They gave him, a, I feel like they'll probably give him two years, but he went and hired uh Kevin Barbe at, at, uh, at OC who, who was came over from app state. That was interesting to me because it's kind of nothing like the philosophy they had, you know? So that's interesting. And, and how fast can you correct that? Much like the Luke fickle situation with Phil Longo at, at Wisconsin, how fast can you get these guys in here and do that, uh, you know, and, and adjust to your system and still win enough games where you're not going to get fired. Uh, that's, that's the big question. Um, I think uh, let's, let's look at the, the hell state schedule. Um, and I'm rooting for Zach Arnett, man. Obviously, you know, uh, it was just a crazy, crazy situation that happened. And and I like Zach Arnett, man, but Mississippi state gets uh well, I mean, I guess they should be off to a decent start. Although Southeast Louisiana, watch out FCS playoff team. They still have Cephas Johnson. I think at QB too. Uh, that is a win. Then they're home to Arizona. That should be a win. Although Jaden Delora could fire the ball all over the fucking field. If they're sputtering for any reason, if they're not buying into our net schemes or whatever, they could lose that, but I think they will be two and zero. Then they host LSU. And I think this is, this is the big one. This is the big one where you, you we're going to find out. We're going to find out who they are. Obviously I favor LSU. So I would say two and one. Then they follow that up at South Carolina. I think they probably lose that, but that's a winnable game. South Carolina is a weird team. They look like shit the beginning of the season, the past couple of years, but then in November, they look like a team. No one wants to play and South Carolina got destroyed in the portal as well, but that stadium gets lit. I would say they probably lose that two and two home to Bama two and three home to Western Michigan three and three by week. And then they're at Arkansas. I'd circle this one. Because Arkansas seems to be going a little bit down. Mississippi State's kind of the unknown thing in the SEC right now. If they win that one, I think they 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 have back to back away too. They're at Auburn. Let's just say they go one and one there. That's what that's uh, that would be four, right? Then uh, home to Kentucky. I think they can win that game. I'm not buying into the Devin Leary shit nearly as much as the rest of the world. I know I hate NC State, but I also believe that he's not nearly as good as everyone hyped him out to be. He's still solid. He's still a good quarterback, but um, 
Then they're at AM, loss. Home to Southern Miss. Dangerous. Love that game. And then uh the Egg Bowl on Thursday night, home to Ole Miss. I think he's got to, uh, if he goes six and six, I think he should be happy. Six and six, they should be happy for year one. Overhauling a system. It's crazy scenario. What's happening? Six and six. Obviously, like seven and five. If they go eight and four, uh, you you gotta be a little bit sold on them. We'll go five and seven. I think they might can him. Maybe he gets a second year at five and seven. If he goes four and eight, I think he's done. I'm gonna put six though as 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 the spot here. Um, and those are all like the power five coaches. Now, you, yeah, you could have, you know, Justin Wilcox. People say Cal. Well, first off, he just extended, so I don't think they're gonna do that. Cal doesn't give a shit either. So, uh, but I also believe he's gonna have a pretty good team this year. And uh, he started a lot of underclassmen. A season ago, even though some of them left in the portal, I think he'll be all right. Um, so I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think Wilcox will get another year, no matter what happens. Now I know there's talk Mike Gundy because everyone left in the portal. Gundy's a damn good coach, though. He'll probably find a way to get to a bowl game. You can't do anything then. Watch, they'll still beat Texas probably. I know Mike Gundy and Kirk Ferentz are, are popular ones. I'll put them in the Pat Fitzgerald era, uh, uh, category. They should be fine for years to come. Get the fuck out of here. If you're saying any of those guys should be fired, you're fucking crazy. Um, yeah, there's some other FC or some, uh, some mid major ones that I thought were, you know, I had Chuck Martin from Miami, Ohio, just cause he's been there a minute. Now, if he goes seven and five, I think he's okay. Six and six, maybe okay. I seem to do that every fucking year though. Do you want more out of your program? You should, um, McElwain at central Michigan. I think he's got a tough schedule ahead of him. That could be an interesting one. Fans weren't happy with the season last year. Brady Hoke at San Diego State. We should talk about this one real quick before we get out of here. San Diego State is one that I think they almost, I, I think they were considering pulling the plug last year. And even though they were solid still, um, this is a really compelling one to me because San Diego produces a shit ton of talent. You don't have to go that far back, just a, a, a lot of big time talent. Uh, comes out of San Diego. Now, if you're seeing what's happening in basketball, all right, you can get your, your, there's no football team there. There's no, there's uh, there's one sports team there and that's the fucking Padres. All right. Football and basketball. There's no NBA team. There's no NFL team. Now I could see the city buying in and getting behind, you know, we're seeing it in basketball, especially if they can ride that momentum, who knows what happens with the rest of the basketball season. And if they can ride that momentum, get the PAC 12 or big 12 invite and be that thing pending, then all of a sudden it's super interesting this year, which I think is actually going to happen. I think it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is you're going to see uh, an invite extended to San Diego state. I would assume, right? Um, then, uh, you know, then it becomes, if you almost fired Hoke last year, well, what's you got a brand new fucking football stadium. The city, the city, uh, you know, doesn't have any teams. So the whole city can get, get behind you and you're entering a brand new, you're going to be a power conference, which I think threatens a lot of other schools. Even if you even look at the PAC 12 has got to make this move because if Arizona leaves for the big 12, Arizona gets a lot of their talent from San Diego and orange County in LA. If you're a power school, then you'll be able to hold that down a lot more than you would currently be. 
And you know, you just got to be taking football a lot more seriously. And if the, if you almost fired Hoke last year, even though, you know, the guy's 16 and six in the second stint, hard to fire that. Uh, no, he's actually, no, he's more than 16 and six. This thing hasn't updated. Um, but my point is, is that if you're going to do this, I think this becomes a very marketable job with having Southern California to yourself. I understand UCLA and USC and Alabama and Ohio state will all come through there, but they already do CJ Stroud, Bryce young. All those guys are California. Brock Bowers at Georgia. They're all California guys. So that's already going to happen. But you put yourself there. You put yourself there in Southern California and, and you're still playing the California schools. I could see a scenario where they could be a sleeping giant. They uh, just kind of like, you know, Miami in, in, in that sense when Miami came up now, it's obviously a completely different landscape, but so he's 36, he's 36 and 24, seven and six a year ago, lost the Hawaii bowl. That is one that is interesting to me. And what would that number be? What would be safe for him? I don't know. Cause I think if they'd make that move, if they make that move, this news comes out in the next couple of days or, or next couple of weeks or, or next couple of months. I think he's got to win like eight or nine games for them to be satisfied. I think seven and six, I think they might pull the trigger. I think they might pull the trigger and you look at their schedule and you see, uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. I type in San Diego state football schedule and the final four game comes up. Um, they get Ohio in, in week one or week zero, which I'm excited for that game because I think it's a good football game. Tim Albin's doing a great job in Athens. Um, then they get, uh, they get Idaho state. They should win that. They get UCLA at the snapper. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. UCLA, especially they move the make the move to Dante Moore. Hoke has an opportunity to win that game. I think they lose in Corvallis. Any way you cut it, they're probably going to be two and two to start the season, but I, I can see them. You know, if UCLA is not up to snuff losing that game, but I think more realistically two and two they're home to Boise. They'll lose that game at air force. I'll give them that one. Cause I feel like they play air force. Well, three and three, then they're at Hawaii four. I think that's a win home to Nevada. should be another one. Five. They get a bye week. They're home to Utah state. That's a, that's a 50, 50 game at Colorado state's tough. Yeah. I, I think he's probably going to go six and six. When I look at the schedule, they have at San Jose home to Fresno six and six, seven and five. Um, you know, obviously shit could change portal wise if they get some guys, but I think he might get fired. I think he might have to win eight wins. Uh, if, if they get the invite to the big 12 or pack 12, I don't know. I think that's going to be really interesting. I think they're one of the most interesting teams to watch in college football this year. Folks, we're going to talk more. I, I didn't even get to my what ifs. I've just been rambling like a fucking idiot over here. I got to a couple what ifs. We'll get to a more, uh, you know, in the coming days. Cause we're going to be rocking all the time here. And I, I do it solo. All right. I love the, I love having the TCE gang, but sometimes, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Fuck them. I don't need them. All right. I'm joking, but uh, yeah, we'll be back with a bunch of other episodes. Subscribe to the college football experience. Subscribe to the college basketball experience. We got the final four NIT championship preview. That we got the NIT championship previews already out. You know, we we dropped that on the the, the previous episode with CJ Sullivan and Moneyline Mac. Um, but the uh, the final four episode to, will be will be happening tomorrow, and then uh, you know 
we'll have uh, some other, we have the final four watch party Saturday, and then we'll have an episode preview in the national championship come Sunday or Saturday night. I think we might even do both. Um, so subscribe to the college basketball experience. The college baseball experience is firing away too. So we come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, but also make sure you're subscribed to all those separate feeds. We certainly appreciate it. That's how we get paid essentially is the downloads. Even if you're subscribed and you're watching this thing, that helps us. Even if you're not even listening to the podcast, you're subscribed. It still counts folks. All right. And a point is a point is a point. Uh, also check out, I host the XFL gambling podcast. I host the USFL gambling podcast. Check out those episodes or those podcasts, you know, as the USFL is about to go into kick off their season and, and the XFL is rolling along in week seven. Also uh, check out the sports gambling podcast. And uh, yeah, folks, we're just getting started with college football. You know, we go deep, we go deep sea diving over here. So uh, bring your fucking snorkeling. Gear. No, bring your deep sea diving gear, not your snorkeling gear. Um, but, uh, okay. Until, uh, I think we'll be back probably Friday, Friday. Cause tomorrow we're doing, uh, tomorrow we'll be doing college basketball, but we are going to get in a rotation where you're getting this every single day, just like we are with college basketball. All right. So buckle up people. All right. Buckle up until next time. This is the college football experience. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. Get ripped apart. Save the cookie cutter mother for 106 apart. Huh? Cause of your liquor, will I sip your heart? You never dumb it down, dog. If you're smart, I throw out a couple of lines. Biters are quick to cross. This year you're on a dick to lie. Piss you off. It goes tits and bras, lips and jaws. I use my common sense to see the bitch and all. Good thing you got the market corner. Kids and malls. Grip the bag, drop it as you slip and fall off. Another career spear. Thanks for trying to block. You get an A for effort and an F for shut the fuck. Up. Here's a hint. Put down the mic, you catch a glimpse. And keep them eyes wide when you see me. Mike's I sees them. So when you see him, you got a good reason to look. Catch a glimpse.